It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad. Jackets leading the Red Wings 5-2 late in the second period. Middle of the second frame, Washington up 2-1 on the Islanders. After two, Devils and Panthers tied at two. Senators and Rangers tied at one. Five minutes into the third, Toronto leads Boston 3-2. Earlier today, the Flyers firing general manager Ron Hextall. The Oilers flying back from Los Angeles today. They will have the morning skate tomorrow and play Dallas tomorrow night. 7 o'clock start time at Rogers Place. Our broadcast will commence with the face-off show from Studio 99 at 5.30. Monday Night Football, 14-10. Houston leading Tennessee about five and a half minutes into the second quarter. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you making time for the show. Man, we had a a busy week last week. Uh, Obviously, we had the Oilers news with Todd McClellan being fired, Ken Hitchcock coming aboard. We had the Grey Cup, the Grey Cup Festival. We did numerous shows from the Grey Cup Festival throughout the week. I got to be down there uh, for shows on Wednesday and Thursday. I went and hung out at the festival Saturday night. uh, Had a great time walking through just basking in the energy and so many people out there having a good time. I got to experience Taste of uh, taste of Edmonton. Food's always on my mind. Spirit of Edmonton on Saturday night, so that was really fun. And it was also great to see the work of this young man as a guest reporter for the festival and the game right here on 630 Ched and our uh, various social media platforms. It's Edmonton Eskimos receiver Natea J. Natea, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Still uh, living off the feel good of that game. It was fantastic, and and the whole week in general. Well, you dove into it. I know we talked briefly on Friday as a, as a preview, and you you still did some work for us on Saturday, and uh, obviously some stuff at the game after the game. Yeah, you did some uh, did some reporting and more videos with Morley and Dave. So you dove right in. How did you enjoy your media experience overall? Is this something you might want to do after you finish playing? Honestly, absolutely. Uh, it's something I thought about, and uh, when uh, Morley gave me the opportunity, uh, I, I took it, and, and now I, I even have more of the bug to kind of get into it because it was a lot of fun. It was a lot more fun than I thought it would be, and uh, it didn't even feel like work. It was just like me, you know, at the game, talking about the game and, and around my friends, so it was awesome, and the food was like out of this world. You guys are living great, man. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good stuff for sure. All right. So Calgary wins. Uh, you know, I was watching the game on TV while I was getting ready for the Oilers broadcast. Well, and I guess the game continued, you know, the face-off show last night. So uh, I, you know, I missed the odd play, but I, I had a pretty good sense of what was going on. 
what was this? Was this just Calgary's defense? Uh, you know, kind of doing what they did to Winnipeg in the West Final on the day, or how do you look at it? Yeah, absolutely. They continued their uh, dominance from from the West Final, but you know, the big story going into that game was, was the field conditions and. You know, watching that game and seeing the kind of the first quarter and how it progressed, you could see that, you know, it was uh, a reason why guys were concerned. It, it showed because, you know, there are guys slipping all over the place. There are guys, you know, taking out their cleats, changing them, and, you know, trying to get a, a feel for how the, the, the field is playing. And, you know, it was tough for guys. And, you know, even on that big punt return uh, touchdown, you know, the returner slipped. A couple guys slipped trying to tackle him, and, and he was off the races, and that kind of turned the game around. But, you know, like you said, the defense was big, but I think the what controlled the game more was special teams because Calgary was able to score, and they were able to take the ball away. And when you can do that, you're almost guaranteed to win the football game. Yeah, well, I, I just thought watching it in the Tate, Ottawa fought back. They, they got within three, and... Yeah. The, the the punt there right right at the end of the half. I mean, he he crossed the oh. line with with a second left. And like when that happened, yeah. and, and I and I know thirty minutes of football is a lot, and things can can change fast. But when when Calgary got that score, did you think okay that that's maybe a, yeah. as close you can get to a to a dagger that early in the game? I thought that, that's exactly where I thought it. And immediately when the ball went in the air, and I saw where the returner was lining up to catch it, I was like, oh. This might be big because you know the first rule of thumb for punting is never you know leave it in the middle of the field because the returner has a sort of a two-way go and it's tough for the return team to kind of corral them. You want to put it in the corners where you know you can pin them in and uh, it's easier to tackle that way. So as soon as the ball went in the air, I was like, oh, this is going to be big. And you know, sure enough, you know, he was able to take it 97 yards for you know a uh, Grey Cup record. So you know that was an early dagger. But you know you thought Calgary, uh, Ottawa had worked so hard to, to just make the three-point game, and you know it, what more did they have left at that point? So I thought that was an early dagger, uh, so to say. Natea J. Eskimos receiver joining us on Inside Sports helped us cover the Grey Cup Festival and the Grey Cup last week. Um, the, the field conditions were a story. Uh, I, I don't think in late November in Edmonton you're going to get a, a perfect field. Uh, I no. know there's discussion about maybe how they handled some of the the snow that was on there. That maybe they they could have got it off there a little sooner, so you didn't have the the freezing thawing effect and making it a, a little icier. Having said that, both teams played on the same field. Yeah. When you've played in those situations, I mean, there was a lot of talk about cleats. Doesn't come. Yeah. Does it come down to cleats? Does it come down to changing the way you might run or cut on the field? Take us down there when you have uh, some slippery conditions. Yeah, so basically you can't even wear the cleats that you've been, well, practicing and playing games and all year round. You know, the molded cleats, you can't wear them because they won't they don't dig into the ground. So all you'll be doing is, is pretty much skating. So you have to uh, turn to the, the cleat that they call the destroyer. And it's almost like a basketball cleat with, um, with a lot of uh, tiny turf uh, pellets on the bottom that kind of grab and don't dig into the ground. Uh, better, so you have to wear those. They're a bit bulkier and harder to run in. So you know, guys are reluctant to put those on. But you know, in a game like this, where you know there's a lot at stake, you, you have to do what's necessary. So you know, I, I spotted a lot of guys wearing that cleat, uh, not that cleat, that shoe, 
uh, for traction, and it, it does change the way you run because you can't run full speed and cut like like you would be able to do with a cleat. You've got to almost pace yourself and, and then kind of judge your cuts. And you saw that a bit in the first quarter when the uh, quarterbacks were throwing interceptions. and you know, defenses were sitting in zone. Uh, receivers were running their routes, but they weren't able to get to the spots that the quarterback expected them to get to. So that's why you saw a lot of uh, you know, almost well, five interceptions in that game. So, you know, that was a big factor. But like you said, both teams uh, had to play in it, and it you know, came down to the team that adjusted the best. And, you know, oddly enough, Calgary was able to adjust better. Nate, I have a question I've asked a lot of football players, especially ones who have played uh, in Canada, whether they're university ball, CFL ball, or both. And I'm going to ask you, because I have found over the years with this question, even though it's repetitive, it often gets some of the best stories. What's the worst <laughs> weather you ever played in? The worst weather? That's a good question. Um, I have a few in mind. I would say uh, last season, at the end of the year, we played in uh, in Saskatchewan. And I don't know what the official temperature was, but to me, it felt like almost minus 30, some of the coldest weather I've ever experienced living in Canada. Like, literally, uh, I, I asked Dwayne, I'm like, Dwayne, can I get a onesie? Because they have onesies that you can wear, uh, you know, cover your full body under your equipment, right? So I thought that would be enough. But I went out for warm-ups with the onesie, and it wasn't even close enough. I went right back in and put on, like, two two, three layers, uh, uh, upper and bottom. And uh, I was literally, I felt like I was wearing a winter jacket out there and I could barely move. But it turns out, like, other dudes were, uh, had similar uh, 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 clothing and layers on as well. So, you know, that game was cold. Um, even with all those layers, I was still cold. Like, my nostrils were freezing. There was icicle coming out of, out of my nostrils. I would drink water, and I felt like before the water would touch my lips, it would freeze. Like, that's how cold I'm being. I'm being dead serious. That's how cold I thought it was. Um, literally, every time I wasn't in the game, I was beside the heater. <laughs> so that the heater was a, was probably the hot spot in the game because, you know, while I was standing beside the heater, it seemed like half the team was beside us. The only people that weren't beside us was the coaches, and I bet they wish they were beside us too. <laughs> well, the standing around on the sidelines. So, but, uh, the, like, the worst part of playing in the cold, though, when you're on the field, like, is it that much harder to catch? Does it hurt more to get hit and, and then yeah. hit the ground? You know what? The, the catching isn't terrible. It's because, you know, catching uh, is something that you do and you're excited to do. So, like, I'll take a little pain. The ball is hard and your fingers are hard. But, you know, it feels good to catch the ball, and that's something you want to do. But the, the part that hurts the most is, is getting hit, but then hitting the ground after you get hit. Because, you know, they're, they're coming in hot and, and as soon as they hit you, you feel that you feel everything. Uh, like, like it's it's an unreal feeling, and then hitting the ground feels like you're hitting a, a hardwood or even even a harder, like just hitting hidden ice. So you know that's that's probably the worst part: getting hit and then hitting the ground. It's almost like a double whammy. Nate, uh, how's your off season shaping up? I know I saw some videos on social media. You're enjoying some uh, downtime with your daughter this afternoon. Uh, what's ahead for yeah. you here, man? Yeah, no, uh, this next month, probably just going to take it easy. You know, I'm going to be in full dad mode, uh, taking my daughter to daycare, picking her up, making her breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, just full-time family mode. Uh, we, we missed a lot of time uh, due to the season, so I've got a, a lot of making up to do to my wife. Uh, so so <laughs> she's excited to have me back, and she, she's putting me to work right away. So, you know, I'm in full da- uh, full-time dad mode till about after the holidays, and I'll get... Uh, start training and getting ready for uh, next season. But for right now, it's just full-time dad mode. 
Well, Nate, enjoy it. You did a great job helping us out last week, and thanks for your insight here on Inside Sports. I hope we can talk soon. Oh, for sure. I appreciate it, and you know, I just want to give a, a huge thank you to Morley for uh, affording me the opportunity. And you know, he was setting me up. He was almost like an MOP quarterback, so he was always setting me up to look good. And you know, Kirby and Ange behind the scenes—they're awesome as well. And the whole Chet team. Uh, baby feel at home, so I appreciate it, uh, and hopefully we can do more in the future. Right on. That is Natea J checking in tonight from your Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. If you're watching Chet on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, he, he just he, he he dove right into the media world. Certainly could be something he has a future in. Absolutely. While we were doing that interview, Lamar Miller, 97-yard touchdown run. For the Houston Texans, they are trying to win their eighth in a row, now up 21-10 on Tennessee, about five minutes left in the first half. A football game over the weekend of... uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A pretty big significance was played in Fort McMurray. It ended 3-2. What the heck happened? You'll get the story when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Alberta, the uh, Alberta Bowl High School football championship games were played in Fort McMurray over the weekend. Six-man championship won by the J.C. Sherrick Hawks. Tier 4, Canmore over St. Paul. Tier 3, Cochrane over Holy Rosary from Lloyd Minster. Tier 2, Lloyd Comp Barons beating the Holy Trinity Academy Knights. Glad to see the two Border City schools making their provincial finals. And the Tier 1 championship, St. Francis Browns knocking off Edmonton's Harry Ainley Titans by the score of 3-2. You heard me correctly. The Tier 1 Alberta High School Football Championship game ended by the score of 3-2. To discuss... Brock Ralph, coach of the Harry Ainley Titans. Brock, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, read you. I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on. I know you and your fellow coaches and your uh, players put a lot of effort into the season, so I'll congratulate you on making the Tier 1 final. I know you didn't get the championship that, that you wanted, but it, it's tough just to make that game. Uh, how do you sort of process the season now a couple of days after the final? Yeah. You know, it's been a tough couple of days. I think for as coaches and players, uh, you make the goal to win the big one, and to go out on a loss never feels good. So uh, it's one of those things where it's uh, almost like a little bit of a grieving process. You know, you go through the, the almost the denial of it, and the, uh, the being disappointed and being proud of the guys and thinking of all the good things that uh, you did together along the way. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a fun way to go out, so <laughs> there's no way of sugarcoating that. All right, so the game ended 3-2. I mean, I mean, look, that's 
shockingly unusual. Uh, I mean, was this? Did you guys get a safety? Did they get a field goal? Was it a bunch of rouges? How, how did the scoring happen? Yeah, it was a field goal safety. All right. So why was that the extent of it in your yeah, mind? Exactly. I'm asking myself the same question as offensive coach. Um, we've looked at the film already, but you know what? It was a night where. Uh, Obviously, the defense has played great both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, on a tough, snowy night, um, really played big. Um, they played fast and downhill um, in terms of us offensively. Uh, they took us out of our game a bit. We weren't running the ball as effectively as, as we would have liked. And uh, I think we had seven turnovers total. So we weren't taking care of the football. Uh, we weren't throwing it efficiently in. We had trouble blocking them up front. So, yeah, we, uh, we we had a tough night offensively. It was a hard-fought battle till the end. Um, and they were fortunate to make a field goal, and and we couldn't uh, couldn't answer. Brock, was the, the snow and the weather, I mean, it must have been a factor in, in the low score. And, I, and look, I know you... Yeah, I know you don't want to come out here and complain, but, I, I mean, i got to ask the, the question. Was it... Like, was it excessively snowy, excessively cold, and is that a big reason the score was kept down? Well, for sure it was. Uh, kind of a weird night. It was probably 13 below, so chilly, but not uh, that wasn't much of a factor, I didn't think. Uh, it did start to snow right when the game began. It was a clear day, and uh, it snowed a lot quickly. So it accumulated, and it was a factor in the game. Um we throw the football a lot, and uh, obviously you go away from your game plan a little bit once the conditions change. But, uh, yeah, to play in that weather is a factor. Um, it suits some teams more than others, and you're exactly right. We're not looking for an excuse with it, but um, unfortunately we didn't look ourselves, um, and I think that was one of several reasons. Okay. Well, uh, an unusual game. I, I, you know, I can tell you're still disappointed. So thanks for. Uh, <laughs> <Can you? Sorry. laughs> yeah. Was did, no, they, over, did, did they kick their field goal late, or were you guys trying to catch up most of the fourth quarter? Yeah, they kicked their field goal in the second quarter. Okay. And uh, we just continued to stall on the thirty forty yard line. Um, we in the field position battle, but couldn't make some key first downs and had a lot of costly turnovers in their end. So. It was a game where we were just trying to get one in there. Our defense is playing so huge for us that kind of felt like a game where you're only going to need one. And, uh, you know, kind of got to that point where all of a it's mid-fourth quarter and you got a couple of chances left and we, we couldn't get it done. All right. Well, Brock, still nonetheless a, a great season. You know, it was awesome to have uh, you and Cam on too, talking about the uh, the playoff journey for your school. So thanks for checking in tonight. Uh, I know everybody worked really hard throughout the season. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Reed. Take care. That is Brock Ralph, coach of the Harry Ainley Titans football team. Uh, they got to settle for second place in Tier One. I, I still, I got the paper right in front of me. I still look at the score and, and shake my head. 3-2 St. Francis over Harry Ainley in the Tier 1 Provincial Final. We're coming up to the 7.30 news. Bit of a scary incident, uh, a collision involving the bus carrying the U of A Pandas hockey team on the weekend. Everybody uh, is okay, but we'll get the update from head coach Howie Draper. You'll also meet this week's 6.30 Chet MVP for elite promotional marketing, Justin Rose. No, not the golfer. He's a multi-sport athlete over at Jasper Place.
is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Late in the third period, Maple Leafs up 4-2 on the Bruins. Six minutes left in Florida. Devils lead the Panthers 3-2. Nine minutes left in Manhattan. Rangers up 3-1 on the Senators. After two, the Blue Jackets lead the Red Wings 5-3. The Capitals have beaten the Islanders 4-1 to improve to 14-7-3 on the season. Monday night football, one minute left in the first half. Houston up 21-10 on Tennessee. If you missed me saying it earlier, 97-yard touchdown run for Lamar Miller in that game. The Philadelphia Flyers have fired general manager Ron Hextall. He was on the job for about four and a half seasons. And remember this name, former Argos coach Scott Milanovic. He had been the quarterback's coach in Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, now promoted to offensive coordinator. They fired their OC as the Jags have lost seven in a row. Uh, kind of a, a scary moment. Well, not kind of. It was a scary moment over the weekend for the U of A Pandas hockey team to tell us what happened and also update us on their season and his head coach, Howie Draper. Howie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Uh, glad to hear at least it sounds like everybody is okay. Can you tell us uh, what happened on the way back uh, from Calgary after the game on Friday? Uh, I can do my best to try, try and paint the picture, although it's pretty foggy for, for me and for the rest of our team. But um, uh, essentially, we're about 15 minutes outside of the Duke and Apparently, we uh, we clipped a semi-trailer that was parked along the side of the road, or a truck, a large truck, um, and uh, something came through our our the windows on the uh, on the uh, the right side of the bus and smashed the uh, all the windows, and it was quite a shocking experience. I, I wish I knew exactly what was happening. My my uh, eyes were buried in my computer, and I think most of most of the girls were asleep. So. So uh, none of us are exactly sure what what went on that night. Okay, uh, and I understand a couple players were were a little banged up, but but how are they doing? They're doing fine. Um, they were tr- treated really well by the first responders, the uh, the firemen, and, and uh, then the paramedics showed up and and they helped out the uh, uh, the players that were injured and took them to the uh, to the Leduc Hospital. And uh, you know, I was really quite impressed with. Um, uh, with how uh, how well they treated us, it was, it was really great. Okay, well, you know, obviously, you know, we're living in a world where we had the incredible uh, Humboldt tragedy, and it kind of uh, reminded everybody that you know a lot of uh, a lot of people of of all ages and, and teams of all sports are are out there on buses, sometimes not in the best conditions, or or the or the things can go wrong. So I'm glad everybody uh, is okay. Now, you, it was decided not to play your game on Saturday night, though, at Claire Drake. Yeah, we were all pretty shaken up, and the process, I think, in total, after we the accident happened sometime between 1 a.m. and 1.30, and um, I don't think that we left the uh, the accident site until about 3 a.m., and, and then finally um, got back to the U of A around 4, and some of us got back at 5 into our bed. So, um, yeah, so we, we canceled the game. Um, the Calgary Dinos were obviously very supportive of that and uh i I think it was the best decision you know everybody was pretty rattled uh particularly as you've mentioned because of the um what happened with humboldt uh last spring so so i think it was probably uh in everybody's best interest that we just just um take that night off 
Okay. Well, again, I'm really glad to hear everybody's uh, everybody's okay, and and the season obviously will go on for the, for the Pandas. Howie Draper, Pandas hockey coach, joining us on Inside Sports, which is uh, I want to talk about the sports angle to this too. Uh, the Pandas, you guys are having another pretty good season, eight three and two so far. You're going to Saskatchewan to round out the the first sem- uh, the first uh, semester action this coming Friday and Saturday. Is that accurate you your team has allowed only 10 goals in 13 league games yeah uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely it's um uh, we've we've got three goalies that are that are all rotating uh, evenly through the uh through the posts and and they're doing they're doing a great job all three of them and you know we're, we're doing a pretty good job in front of them as well we don't allow too many shots through the course of the game and uh, but when they do get through as mentioned the um three goalies have been standing tall so so we've we've been very happy with that part of our game and this year it's you know surprisingly we're scoring some goals as well so things seem to be clicking pretty well for us well i i mean i'll be slightly sarcastic here how have you lost five times if you're less than a goal again oh. i know a couple were in overtime or shootouts but still yeah no we've actually lost uh three games now so we're officially we're 10 and 3 Okay, I thought I saw yeah. somewhere you were eight, three, and two. My apologies. Yeah. I must have looked on the wrong. The no, wrong I think standing. those are two uh, two overtime wins. Maybe that's kind of. Oh, do you guys have the so, four column standings? Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, that's what I did. Okay, so <laughs> I, I thought the two were overtime losses, but they actually put the overtime wins after the regulation losses. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's oh, right. Okay, my no bad. worries. I'm always confused about it myself. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that somebody of your ilk is is confused as well. Yeah, well now, we, but now we know why the NHL is not going to go to four four column yeah. standings. Because imagine a them. fan in Florida trying to figure it out. Well, the, the, now who's who's pushing you guys in, in Canada West? Who else is strong this year? Uh, the usual suspects, uh, Manitoba. They're we're in a race with them. They're now one point ahead of us. Um, UBC, uh, Saskatchewan. They're they're kind of the prime. Um, enemies of the state right now, but uh, but the other team, you know, like we've two of the games that we've dropped were against teams that are on the in the bottom four, and and uh, we lost to the Dinos the night of the uh, of the accident. So um, it, it's it's seriously we're it's one of those conferences where anything can happen. If you're not on top of your game, then you can get beat, and that's exactly what's uh, uh, what's been our fate. So. Um, we have to, you know, we just have to make sure that we're doing the best we can to be the best we can every every night that we play. Howie, I know you and I have talked about this before, but for maybe some, some new listeners or, or people whose uh, jaws are dropping about your team allowing less than a goal per game in Canada West action, why why has Canada West become... I mean, it's to me, it, it's kind of been a low-scoring league for for the last mm-hmm. for the last several years. Though I know there are some. I mean, Alex Poznikov, you're like incredibly off, and I know you have other like incredibly talented offensive players. Yet it still seems, you know, it's one nothing, two one, three one games like that. Why is that? Uh, I think. Um, well, it's easy to teach defense. I think it's a little bit easier to teach that than than to create goal scores. And you're right, we ha- we're fortunate. We have some players that. Uh, if you give them a chance, they can put the puck in the net. But um, all the teams are very well coached uh, defensively. They do a very good job of that now. And uh, and we've got some very, very strong goalies in the league. And if there's one thing I'll say about um, hockey and in, in uh, university female hockey in Canada right now is that 
you know, we probably don't have a whole bunch of those top scores. A lot of those girls will still go down to the NCAA for varying reasons. And um, uh, like I said, we're fortunate to have a few, and there's a few around our, our conference. But, uh, yeah, it's, generally speaking, it's pretty tough to put the puck in the back of the net. Okay. Well, Howie, I'm glad everybody is okay after uh, after the uh, crash there uh, early Saturday morning coming back from Calgary. Let us know when, when the game is rescheduled. All the best in Saskatoon this weekend coming up, and I know we'll talk again soon. Right on. Hey, actually, we're at home um, against Saskatchewan this weekend. So oh, that, oh, uh, it's we the Bears that are away. Sorry. No, no worries. No worries. Actually, we're quite thankful to be, uh, to be sticking around home and let the Bears jump on the highway this time around you know what and i'm looking at my notes and i have written down pandas home to saskatchewan friday saturday and i've been saying away what are your game times again uh they're at uh, seven and two and two o'clock we're actually having a charity game in um, support of cancer so on the saturday game so be great to have some fans out howie thanks for your time thanks reed Howie Draper, head coach of the U of A Pandas hockey team. So uh, my bad. I'm glad he got me there at the end. They are hosting Saskatchewan this weekend, Friday at 7, Saturday at 2 at Claire Drake Arena. It will be the uh, Golden Bears hockey team going to Saskatchewan to play the Huskies. But uh, the best news there is everybody's okay after that collision Saturday morning. Howie explained how it happened. It appears they uh, clipped a semi that was parked along the side of the road. A lot of broken glass, a couple players, a little bit banged up, but they are okay. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. It is 743 you will meet this week's 6.30 Chet MVP when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6.30 Chet. So the Calgary Stampeders celebrating the Grey Cup in Edmonton. One last night, punter Rob Maver says it's a relief to finally exercise their demons of the last two years, both heartbreaking losses. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, you know, it's, it's for this team, for this organization, it's awesome. And then uh, just personally for me as well, I got married in May and great <laughs> cup to top it off. I mean, this, this is as good as it gets. Talked to you early in the week about the adversity and how this was kind of a really a different year for this team. And look, you had a little bit of adversity when they... You know, took it to three points and then the, get the big punt return. Huge, huge. And it was just, that punt return was so huge just because usually when the big plays go your way, you know, you just feel good about the game. And just to, you know, just to see Terry break one, and it's so good for Terry. It's so good for Mark Killam. We work our asses off on special teams. He's such a good coach. We've scored, like, double-digit times in the last two years on special teams. Yeah. And he worked so hard, and to see special teams come through in this game, you know, we, we took the ball away. We scored. Um, you know, we, did, we didn't give them anything easy in the return game, and that's mm-hmm. that's what these big games come down to. You know, you, you think in these big weather games or these, these tough weather games with tough field conditions that – 
you know, maybe it wouldn't come down to special teams. But quite often in this league, it, it does come down to special teams. Always. It's a three-down game. It's just as big of a part as offense and defense. How much is getting off to a good start in this game really helpful? Because it seemed like wire to wire, you were pretty much in control of this game. Huge. But, I mean, anything can happen. Look at the last two years, right? I mean, Ottawa came out and they took it to us for the first uh, three and a half quarters and we had them on their heels. I uh, just didn't uh, finish. So it's... These great cups are crazy. You know, this is my fifth one. They're absolutely crazy. Everything that you think you know about football when you're on the field, just forget about it because things can turn upside down in a second. Speak to this team, how they're able to come together and fight through the storms of the last two years and, and just... Do what you did here today. It's huge, but th- those are two different teams as this yeah. one. You know, there's a lot of turnover in pro football every single year. And, you know, obviously for the guys that have been here for the last two, this winning this is a little bit more sweet. But, uh, you know, this is the 2018 Calgary Stampeders, and we're great cup champions. Congratulations. Rob, thank you so much, Dave. Rob Maver of the Calgary Stampeders uh, talking to our Dave Campbell shortly after the Stamps won it all last night at Commonwealth Stadium. Hey, we're pleased to introduce you to this week's 630 Chet MVP, courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. This athlete was featured on Global News this past Tuesday. You can get that video in the MVP section of 630Ched.com. And Justin Rose also gets Under Armour apparel courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. Justin, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You? I'm doing great. We were going to have you on the show on Friday, but you weren't available. Why don't you tell everybody how come? Uh, I went to uh, provincial finals for volleyball and we ended up winning the entire tournament. So and this is Jasper Place High School? Yeah, Jasper Place High School. All right. Uh, tell us a little bit about going, going through the tournament. I mean, did were you guys maybe an underdog, a, a favorite? Tell us about the weekend. Yeah, we everyone thought we were it was going to be a rebuilding year. But uh, it turns out that throughout the season, we just kept on winning and winning. And everyone still thought Ainley and Skona were going to be better teams than us. But by... Uh, cities we went against Kona and we beat them and everyone was kind of just questioning if we would win again and then and uh the, we went undefeated throughout the provincial tournament and then we went to finals against western and ended up winning all right and what position do you play in volleyball justin i am right side okay now this your, your season's just getting started are you going straight into basketball now yeah so now that it volleyball's over i yeah, i am practicing basketball now and our first game is this Thursday at the Mike Day tournament at FX. Okay, so you're you're rolling well. And what are you in basketball? What position? I am a small forward. All right. Now, having said that, uh, would you say that track is your number one sport when it comes down to it? Yes, I would say track is. But nope. I still balance it as best as I can. But I think I, I really love track. It is definitely the best. I am the best at it. So. What's your specialty in track? I specialize in the 400 and 200 meter. Okay. Uh, no, you're in grade 12, right? Yeah. Okay, and so you excel at all these different sports. Do you have university options, do you think, where obviously you're going to get your education, but there might be uh, athletic endeavors post-secondary as well? Yeah, so for I still have to take my SAT, but for other than that, like the thing about track, like in grade 11, if you're, I, I run like, fast times but it wasn't like fast fast and with if you're running fast fast times in grade 11 then you'll get more obviously more uh, scholarships but i have a fast enough time to get a scholarship but i'm gonna see if i can get a some more scholarship uh uh more university seeing me this this year throughout the outdoor season because i am currently doing indoor training mm-hmm. and then uh 
competition starts in around January, February. So we'll see around there. You're a busy young man with all the sports, and, and, and you're going to school. Who do you credit for maybe uh, keeping you balanced or who's helped you with time management over the years? Um, honestly, my parents. My parents are they're really, they're really helpful with that. And honestly, like, I, have a, I have a twin brother that I have to balance with, and he helps me through that. And he, we, we both just go, because he does all the sports I do, and he just kind of, if I have homework, if, he, if I need to do homework, and then he'll help me, and I'll help him with things. And if I'm stressed or he's stressed, we'll just help each other out. But, yeah, it's, it's, yeah honestly, it's my parents and my brother, I would think. Now, who, who, I mean, look, I know a lot, a lot of, a lot of people play sports as, as a kid, but who really got you into, well, let's start with track. Who, who got you into that? Or do you remember a moment where you discovered like, gee, gee whiz, I think I'm actually faster than most of these other kids. Um, honestly, I started track in elementary around grade two. And I think it was, I have a grade two teacher named Tracy Loader. She she is the one who really got me into track. She, she, she thought I would be something great, and she would always tell me that. But like, and I just started realizing that I was faster, and I was faster. And then I started club track in grade eight with Vallejo. Uh, Dwight Francis is my coach, and he's he's also another one who got me going in track. And yeah, I don't know. Honestly, like it was honestly it was those two who really got me into track. All right, well, that's that's cool. Uh, you, you've had some great influences on your life, for sure. Uh, most people need that along the way, having strong mentors. Who are some, uh, you know, pro athletes or stars that you look up to? Honestly, it was Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, he, whenever I watched him, I remember watching the Beijing Olympics, Olympics and watching him, and I was, I was stunned, like, how he ran, how he won. Honestly, I told my parents that I wanted to go to Olympics, uh, when I watched it, and my mom just told me that you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta focus, and you just gotta try the best and try as hard as you can. Okay. Yeah. Well, Justin, I'm glad you're doing well. Congratulations on the provincial volleyball title with Jasper Place. I gotta ask you one more question before you go, because uh, I'm a big golf fan. So, how many what Justin Rose looks do you get? <laughs> no, that is, that, I get that a lot, honestly. Everyone's like, everyone says, there's a lot of, whenever um, I say, someone says Justin Rose, like, are you a golfer? Well, you're doing very well in your other sports. Congratulations on being this week's 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. And I know you're a busy young man, so thanks for making time for the show. Thank you, thank you. That is Justin Rose checking in from Jasper Place High, and you can nominate a 630Ched MVP by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com, or you can email me inside sports at 630Ched.com. A reminder that some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down home Southern comfort food to Edmonton along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at NorthChickenYEG.com. Go visit them in person. That's a good idea. 124th Street, 107th Avenue. All right, quick 
final check of the scoreboard. Maple Leafs have beaten the Bruins 4-2. Panthers knock off the Devils 4-3 in overtime. Mike Hoffman gets his 12th. That was the game winner. Capitals beat the Islanders 4-1. Rangers upend the Senators 4-2. And the Blue Jackets leading the Red Wings 6-4 halfway through the third period. Monday night football, early third quarter. Houston going after its eighth consecutive victory. And they lead Tennessee 24-10. We have an Oilers broadcast tomorrow night, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Ched. The game will start at 7. Alex Chason has been quite a story for the Oilers. 10 goals on 24 shots this season in 17 games. His shooting percentage, 41.7. Here's Hitch. You know what he is? He's he's a really, really smart offensive player. He's got great instincts. He doesn't have great foot speed, but he's got great offensive instincts. And, and where he's really good is down low. And, yeah, and he just he gets himself into the right spots. I think we got to consider... Pump, bouncing him up one notch here too. So we don't want to overplay the guy, but we got to consider bouncing him up. He's he's being terrific for us. He's he's accountable. He's smart. He's positionally sound. And what what he lacks in foot speed, he makes up for a nice management. So he doesn't get himself out of position. It's a good sign. Producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. The studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always appreciate that you tuned in. I'll talk to you from the rink tomorrow. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.